Hello, and welcome to the Movie Maker Interviews podcast. I'm managing editor Caleb Hammond, and our guest this week is the writer director of such hits as Big Eden and The Family Stone. It's Thomas Bazooka. His latest film is a sort of neo-Western gothic thriller starring Kevin Costner, Diane Lane, and Leslie Manville. It's titled Let Him Go, and it opens this Friday. Here's our conversation. Hi, Thomas. Uh, welcome to the Movie Maker Interviews podcast. Hey, thanks. Um, so talk to me about the genesis of this project, uh, how you kind of came on board. Uh, you know, were you reading? Did you read the novel just to read it and then decide to, that yeah. you were going to adapt it? What was that? Yeah, no, that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Is I've been a fan of Larry Watson for 20 plus years. He wrote a book called Montana 19. 19- 48 that everybody should go check out. Um, and that, that was my introduction to him. And then was lucky enough to find, let him go, you know, on a book bookshelf at Barnes and Noble. And um, just, and that was it. And I, I read the book and I had a real strong idea of the direction I wanted to take it. And I also did sort of serendipitously read the book nearly the same week, I think, that I'd seen a documentary um, called uh, Dear Zachary, A Letter to a Son, and which is an incredible documentary about a, a couple um, who lose their son. And it just sort of described the same landscape, emotional landscape to me. So. And... Um... Yeah, what is it with Montana? I know uh, your earlier film, Big Eden. Uh, right. You're from the East Coast, so how do you keep end up ending up? In I that? am. I, th- I think it's. I, I'm like you know. It, it's. Um, it, it really is. It's. 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 It's sort of American mythology. It's just. It's a larger land, and I, I, I can't explain it. But um, I know, like living when we shot Big Eden, we were five weeks in Glacier National Park and I've never slept better in my, in my life. So anyway, I love it. Yeah. The lack of like light pollution is so amazing at night in those places in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, What I found interesting about let him go is this idea that, um, you know, a lot is made about sort of the disappearance of sort of the mid level drama. And so you have a lot of like giant movies with, you know, you know, budgets you can't even fathom and PR budgets as well. And then you get like the sort of low budget, which can kind of like horror movies and stuff, which, you know, can be made really cheaply and make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, movie, I really appreciated that it is sort of that, you know, kind of middle range studio yeah. movie with a, you know, you know, with stars and a budget, but it's not a giant movie. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about that genre as a whole and kind of where it is now? <laughs> versus yeah. where it used to be? Any thoughts about my home? Because yeah. um, it's essentially, I mean, it's, this is, this is, I think, where I'm going to live my life. It's, you know, Family Stone was the, the Big Eden was a tiny budget, um, but Family Stone was this, it was a mid-range, you know, it's small budget. I mean, that was 17 million, this was 15. It's just, they don't need to cost as much as, the, the trick is to, I think, find material that people, that actors want to do. And then you sort of figure out how to do it for a price and the freedom you get when there's less, when everybody hasn't bet the whole ranch, 
on your budget. Um, there's a little less scrutiny, and it, that's helpful. Um, but you know, but having said all that, there, I really do want to give it a shout out to um, uh, the the focus people. Like they were they were spectacularly supportive. Um, like they wanted to figure out how to make the movie. Um, so thought it was great. And, uh, Lou, Lou, Lou Phillips was the, is the head of physical production there and uh, a hero to me. Uh, and what was the process like getting, you know, Kevin Costner and uh, Diane Lane and uh, these stars involved? How did you guys get those? Yeah, you know what? I had written the script. It, it, this, this one weirdly it came together fast in the scheme of things, like fast. I finished the script. Um, Diane and I had lunch. She was just so great and really had a a strong idea of what she wanted to do, how she wanted to look, um, sort of dialing. She really wanted, I I couldn't believe she was willing to play a grandmother, Um, but she was and wanted gray hair and sort of to dial down the glamor and once she was in, we went to, we approached Kevin and it, it, in, you know, I went and met with him and he, you know, he's, I, I'm not sure if he, he says it's a script. So I'm going to, so I'm going to go with that, that he, he responded to the story. And, but I think that there's a, what I love about him as when you look at all of his work is how much of his film stuff is in service to women and supporting strong women. And he's, he's not, he, I really sort of admire that after a while. And and in some ways this is like the bodyguard part two. (laughs) I think sometimes, you know, he's, he's, Diane's leading the charge and he's there because he doesn't think it's going to go so well. Yeah, she's the one who, you know, packs the gun and doesn't tell him. She's the one that kind of initiates it. She's up to trouble, (laughs) right? Um, When you're writing a screenplay, were were you writing it the entire time with, like, you wanted to direct or were you just writing it? Uh, And how does that, does that process differ for you at all when you know that you would like to direct it versus, you know, maybe writing an assignment? Yeah, no, I I think I, 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 there... You know, the, so much for, I, I don't know how it is for, but writing for me is sort of you, okay, finding the words to describe what it is you see in your head. And so I've already, by the time I've finished writing it, I've already seen the movie. So directing it is not the hard part. Um, it, it's sort of conceiving conceiving the stuff. It's I, I always feel like the directing is the, reward for having suffered through the writing because you'd sort of do that all alone and then it's the joy of working with actors and you know what you come up with on set of you know some interpretation you never could have foreseen um that's really the great the great part of it but this was this was really fun it was rewarding as a director um or as rewarding as a writer to be my favorite scenes are the ones where there's not more than two sentences between them. And, but you sort of get a sense of a 30 year history. And, um, and that, that was, that was fun to do. 
how did you sort of develop the look of the film like mm -hmm. with your cinematographer and your production designer and like mm -hmm. the coloring like how do, what do those conversations look like for you when you're uh, you know working in pre-production and development? yeah it, you know we uh, I think Guy Godfrey the DP was first on and he had done a movie Maudie that I fell in love with and when he and I would talk about our approach, I definitely wanted that this would have sort of a handmade integrity that felt like George and Margaret. Like there, you know, there are no drone shots. There are no, I mean, there's maybe one or two cranes, but mostly it's simple boots on the ground approach. And I wanted all the cars because there's so much car stuff. I wanted that all practical. And it, cause it feels truthful and I didn't want to, it just, that felt like the way to, to do it. And so a lot of the car stuff is actually me and Guy and Craig, the focus puller in the back, in the back seat or in the trunk um, over Diane and Kevin's shoulders. And, and that was great. It was, you know, it was a little bit of a road trip in itself. So that was fun. And Trevor Smith did the, was the DP. And he and Guy and I looked at photographers to, um, I knew I wanted to do this sort of palette thing um, where it's a really limited palette. And then we started to look at photographers and I think it was Saul Leader was one and Todd Hito. And that sort of um, led, led the way. And then once you're on set, uh, you know, you've written the film, you've kind of developed this look and you say it's kind of a reward. How are you on set in terms of, you know, working with these giant stars? Are you, um, are you rehearsing with them? How, how did you work? You know, every actor has their own way of getting into character. So how did you kind of balance yeah. that with these? Well, it's, it's, sort of, it's, it's funny because the, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I love rehearsing. And, and they were into it, which I don't know why, I, I, not all movie stars are. Um, and I was a little surprised by Kevin was, he really was excited to rehearse. And so I had a week with him and Diane, um, not on set, but we sort of recreated their kitchen um, in some offices. And I just wanted to get a sense of their intimacy together. Um, and then, you know, I, I don't, I don't fiddle too much with, I don't want to muck up an actor's, whatever their process is, I don't need to be a part of that. I don't, I don't need to know what's going on with them unless they want to make me a part of that. And if they have questions and then I'm more than happy to, happy to talk, but I, I, I really feel like I trust everybody to do their job. Um, and I'm I'm just sort of there to steer the steer the ship. Like I, I definitely I've worked with some actors who, you know, if you want me to pick up a glass of water, you know, tell me, it's, you know, it's on the third word of this sentence. Tell me that, and then you have other actors who are like, if you'd like me to pick up the glass of water, you know, maybe suggest he's thirsty. And you're like, okay. So there are all sorts of different ways to do it, and I. Anyway, but I, I, they're all so professional that, you know, they're, they've been around the track more times than I have.
and you shot the film it takes place in montana we established but it, you shot it in canada yeah we were yeah was there any like logistical challenges there or you know is it i i assume the film industry so you know yeah they you know it's a it's a um we were in you know wait till you see the new uh the ghostbusters revamp because they were like hot on our heels they shot everywhere we did a couple of weeks later um the we were all over alberta um province um based in calgary and i loved it i really loved it kevin had shot there before i mean they'd all they all had he did open range up there but we it was to mimic montana to the trip from montana to north dakota and you know they've got a big the crew base up there is great they shoot fargo hell on wheels there are a lot of there are a lot of shows up there so that's not a problem uh, and take me into the story a little bit. You know, you have these kind of uh, these two lead characters, Diane Lane and Kevin Costner, uh, but then you have this larger family. And mm-hmm. um, I think what's key about the film in my mind is that this wee boy family uh, with Leslie Manville and kind of a, a great turn as the villain, they're not over the top in their villain. Like you, you truly mm-hmm. feel like they do care about their family. They just maybe mm-hmm. have taken it to a place that's a, a you know, yeah. to an extreme, but they're not, yeah. you know, yeah. cartoonish. Right. Uh, I guess talk about the dynamic, you know, uh, with that family and kind of the, the very tense moments. Um, you know, there are a few scenes when they kind of interact. <laughs> have, uh, keeping those uh, scenes, you know, were, were there any tricks to how you kind of ramped up the intensity there kind of um, with those actors and well they're they're challenging both of those are challenging scenes because they're long and and complicate one is complicated by the presence of a child and the other is complicated by stunts and so I I sort of contrived a way to break them up into like they they're also like little theater pieces and they each have sort of three acts and so you break it up and you sort of run the action through to this point each time and then you go then you go on to the next segment you don't run it all the way through all the each time um and but it was fun you know the it was Leslie's spectacular. It was, you know, really figuring out the tone. Like I didn't, you know, that he didn't want to be her to her to be too cartoonish. Um, and, but I, you know, she reminds me sometimes, she reminds me sometimes of my dad's mom, my grandmother, who was a bit of a performer and like, she's, she's bigger than life. And, you know, I fell in love with that character in the novel because she's funny. Like she's an awful person, but she's pretty funny. And that, anyway, that was appealing to me. But I always thought that the thematically that Blanche, the Leslie Manville character, and Diane really are two faces of the same coin. You know, one's dark and one's light, but they're both doing exactly the same thing which is there's, they'll do whatever it takes to protect their family. And was it, um, was it when you're reading the novel, when you realized that, that the character reminded you of your, did you say your dad's mom? 
My my dad's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or was it you know all the way when you know uh, Leslie is performing? It was once Leslie was in there. It was once Leslie was in there yeah. with the, with the hair. Yeah, the big hair. The, um, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, since we kind of talked abstractly about those scenes, I, I think we could talk a little bit more specifically about the hotel scene, because I think mm. that scene is key because that's the scene where, you know, the violence becomes a little bit more real. And yeah. I think up until that point as a viewer, you're like, these guys are intimidating this wee boy family, but we hadn't quite, you know, we don't know how far they're willing to go, what the right. what their limits are. And so that's sort of the moment where you're like, oh, this has become very real for these two characters. Yeah. In the, the situation they put themselves in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from a writer's standpoint, like how do you um how do you kind of pace those things out in a script? Well, it's it's, it's tricky. It, yeah, it's tricky. The I mean, I I again I benefited from Larry's book, which is both the those scenes are in the book um, and it's the hotel scene is pivotal because it's the escalation. And I don't think you think it's going to go there. And yeah, I certainly didn't that it could go, that it could go there seems no, something will keep this from happening. And then it goes there. And what I, what I loved about it in the novel is if that can happen, then all bets are off. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to end. Um, it, it's just going to be bad. But it, it's, you know, it's sort of the point of no return. They've passed it, and it's. And the, I think that that's that was always what was compelling to me emotionally, or really hooked me about Kevin and Diane is they they pass the point of no return before they realize it, and they're they're stuck. Go, rolling forward and that I mean it's like what would you do in a situation like that it's you just leave the kid I don't know yeah and I think uh, the scenes where they're like where they're talking about the slaps that she had witnessed earlier I think that yeah. seems pretty harrowing and like difficult to watch as well and yeah yeah yeah, it's got a lot of meaty performances by all these guys. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's like one of the that's the second moment they're all together. But I think that's like one of the most. I don't want to say fun because it's violent, but it, it is kind of fun to heighten. Yeah, the yeah, sure, the yeah, there yeah. Like even more. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're from so movie makers very involved in like you know process, and all of our readers are you know I wouldn't say all of them, but a large portion are filmmakers. So we're always very interested in sort of you know, big sets, small sets, medium-sized sets. Like, were there any, like, major logistical challenges that, you know, you thought you had something planned and you had a backup, but even those kind of fell through and you had to, like, really, you know... Uh, yeah, it, you know what, it, 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 this was one where... Um, yeah, it's always, especially on movies, like, at a budget like this, it's, you know, you don't have a lot of room to to move. So we, I knew... I think the challenge, I was determined, this was my deal. This was the deal breaker for sure, was we it wasn't going to be a CGI fire. Like if you're going to burn a house down, you have to burn a house down. Like I didn't, there's such an integrity to George and Margaret's story that I didn't want a computer generated fire at the end. And everybody kept assuring me how realistic it could look. And we ended up building a house and burning it down. 
and that was so that was that was uh, before I agreed to make the movie with everybody I said that's the deal um so that weather weirdly is I, I think uh, your readers will probably respond to that and with small budgets you're you're a slave to weather if you if you're outside you don't have we had almost no cover sets because we were so it's a very short shoot and we were far flung um so it, we were if things went wrong we were screwed and we almost it was the it was the night we burnt the house down um that it was raining up until an hour before we shot and, and we started shooting the house burning at three or four in the morning and so you're you've got you know it's raining and you're only going to be able to burn the house down once and you're running out the clock because at some point the sun is going to come up and so there's there's no worse feeling than having been up all night and you're racing to finish shooting before the sun comes up that's the worst um but we we managed to get through yeah, and you, I mean, you were talking about it being the reward. You seem like you have a pretty, you know, easygoing demeanor in that regard. Like, were, uh, were you pretty, was that pretty stressful that night, at least, I would imagine? Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, no, I, I was, yeah, I, I was, I get like, um, but I, it was great. It worked out. It worked out. But it was, uh, you know, I can definitely clam up uh but but i mean we you know we did we did what are you gonna we didn't have enough time we didn't have enough this we didn't have enough that but it's sort of there's always you always figure out a way for sure um for sure the, i think the hard the hardest thing logistically was actually cobbling together where the wee boys lived and it's I think in the end, it's like four different locations that sort of like we had to do it from places we were already shooting and then where the hero spot was, where the house was. Um, but that was the hardest thing was feeling like it, there would be a con the continuity of the journey to the wee boys and away from the wee boys would work narratively. Um, that was the, that was the hardest thing to for sure. It was the hardest thing to schedule. It was the hardest thing to figure out location wise and was there any um was there any like you know moments where you thought you weren't going to get uh when you're trying to get funding for the movie the you know real house to burn down like yeah no. were you like ready to concede at any point or were, were you pretty no, not on that point no and that was like it was it was and that's i'm telling you it was preloaded i like when we were talking to potential partners the oh you like the script okay we're gonna burn a house down like we're building a house we're gonna burn it down and if you're not if you're not down with that you know we're moving on so yeah and I mean yeah. it uh, as a viewer you know I I feel like I watched a movie last night that had like a barn like a smaller barn on fire that you know was real and mm -hmm. dude you could tell I mean no matter how yeah much money goes into vfx like yeah there's something about like the the depth that doesn't exist when it's digital no and there's a like no it's really hard it's really hard because there's a weird like once you sort of really 
get in there and start looking at the 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 rapid movement of flame is it moves faster than you think it should and this doesn't look real and then that looks real and I mean, it's really it's tricky but we um i think we did okay i think we got away with it um you know and we leslie falls into a falls backwards into a kitchen that's really on fire and um i give leslie credit for having having she was so excited she, we had squibs on her back and we had a fire on the other side of the door and she was like okay okay <laughs> and yeah how was that like i you know you were talking about the light but like safety wise i'm sure that was like a whole other ordeal yeah they're like, you know what they're those guys they know what they're doing the it, it, it's weirdly the the fire on set which the kitchen and when kevin and diane are this this sort of mischief that is easier to control um because you've got you know two guys right out of frame with fire extinguishers and it's a gel on the wall um so i felt comfortable with that the thing was when we did burn the house down it you know the, the we built the house on a plant it, it, this field of grass and thank god it rained because there were sort of ashes coming off ashes and embers coming off that house that were like the size of baseball mitts landing in the grass and you felt like if it had not rained the whole thing would have gone up in flames um but it's but the weird thing is when we did it the wind was coming sort of from behind the house across the plain like down these hills and toward us and so it sort of pushed through the house and had, it was pretty, it was pretty intense. And um, this is your first project in a bit. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, what have you been up to? Um, you know, you wrote a screenplay that came out a couple of years ago, but. Yeah, the Guernsey piece and yeah, no, they're, you know, they're always false starts and things that don't come together. Um, no, I, I wrote the Guernsey Literary Petite Appeals Potato Peel Society. And I also did an adaptation of uh, Anne Leary novel called The Good House. Yeah, that's will, coming out. Uh, right? Come out next year with Sigourney Weaver. And what's uh, what's that movie like? What's the... That one is... Um, it's a, The novel is great. Anne Leary, she's a great writer. It's about um, a woman who used to be the number one realtor in her coastal Massachusetts town before her daughters sent her to rehab for drinking. And um, she would tell you she never had a drinking problem before. Um, and so now she just drinks wine. Yeah. And that's got Kevin Klein in it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you consider this film a Western? Like where, because I, I, I was watching it and I was like, is this, there's, there's Western elements. It's obviously got ranches and there is sort of right. this very Western feel of like a family versus another family and there's right. history, not between right. the families, but the families have histories. Um, right. Yeah. So where, how do you, where do you see this movie in terms of genre? I, think? I don't know. Right. It's, yeah. sort of, it, 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 you know, it's, because it's sort of, it's an American Gothic thing too, right? I mean, there's, it feels, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, there are Western elements because it's set in the West. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, 
it's a thriller, um, I guess. It, you know, it's, I don't know, it has, it, there, it has a, you know, Cormac McCarthy by way of David Lynch um, by, you know, but then there's sort of a wholesome Mr. and Mrs. Bridge element to it also. So it sort of covers, covers the waterfront. And is that uh, something that drew you to the material when you were reading it and writing it? Or is that something, is it something that's spinning in your head as you're writing it? Like, where does this fall? Like, I'm yeah. not saying you're like pitching it as you're writing it, but like where, Yeah. you know, because in order to subvert tropes, you need to like understand the tropes that right. you're subverting or, you know, if you decide not to subvert them, yeah, kind of play I, into them, like where. Yeah, I'm not that smart. I just, I sort of like, <laughs> my, my thing is I sort of fall in love with characters and the story and it is what it is. And, you know, maybe it's why I haven't made a movie in a while, but that it's, you know, I don't, I don't kind of worry or, I maybe I should, but it's you know, Family Stone is, you know, it would they sold it as this big rom com, and it's like, dude, I killed the mother on Christmas, <laughs> like it's like that's a, you know, so they said it's a dramedy, and I'm like, okay, and you know, I don't know what that movie is. It's a comedy. Is it a drama? I don't know. It's just about these weird, these funny people. Um, but this, you know, what it, this, what I liked about this, what I did know was that this was it was a thriller for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and it had that engine, but what appealed to me for sure was being able to, the opportunity to paint a portrait of a this intimate portrait of a marriage with, you know, I loved how little they spoke and, you know, so it's like, okay, how do you paint their picture with as few brushstrokes as possible? And that's a genre I kind of love, which is like, a character driven thriller in the sense that you look at the film or like, you know, you try and not to learn about it before you go in as little mm -hmm. as possible. And it looks like a character drama. And then it says it's a thriller. And then I'm like, Oh, like, like I'm always down for those types of movies, so right, character right. drama, yeah. but there is going to be some sort of like, you know, narrative driven tension, you know, like yeah, you know, yeah. you know, underlying yeah. a lot of the, a lot of times it's really small, but sometimes, you know, it, it amplifies. And so yeah. I think that's a good, always yeah. a good balance for me, at least when I'm. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, been, for me, it's always the characters, the sun rises and sets on those.